You're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Episode 2 of Voices of Value. Pete, feedback from the first one has been strong. Despite that, we're going to go with Episode 2. So <laughs> here we are back again. Uh, really very keen to pick up on some of the themes from our first uh, podcast, first show, but clearly defining what we want to get out of this one second episode. Well, it was resounding uh, feedback received on can you guys talk about work-life balance? Clearly. And yep. I'm, I'm thrilled actually that that was uh, – that's come through because it's something that's pretty close to my heart and uh, and I know yours, Rick, as well. So we're going to share you know, maybe three, four things uh, we think, good takeaways that we think you could uh, implement immediately and certainly things to think about as well because it's not only just giving you the information, it's about internally looking within yourself as to discovering for your, for your own benefits, you know, what really works for you. And on this, everyone's got their buttons and it's really finding your hot buttons. Yeah, correct. And I think when I coach people in work-life balance, I ask them what do they really want in their life, both professionally and personally, and Pete, the first two or three minutes of that conversation, their response is always about what they don't want. They say, well, look, I'll tell you what I don't want. I don't want to have you know mortgage stress. I don't want to have relationship issues. I don't want to get cut off in traffic. I don't want to, don't want to, don't want to. I want to know what they do want to have. What do they want to get out of the game of life? So I think the first thing in work-life balance is, We've got to identify what it would take for us to have great work-life balance. What are, what are the key things? What are the big rocks? What are the hot buttons, as you say? Well, you talk about um, TED Talks versus Talkback Radio. Give us give us your insight on that because I love that. Oh, well, I just think, you know, a lot of people listen to Talkback Radio and if you ever want to waste a day, listen to Talkback Radio. It's about people calling in with all their problems, about who's not giving them what they want, about how much the social economic situation, the gap between rich and poor, they're just absolutely bitching and moaning where I think for the same amount of time you could invest in a TED Talk. So, you know, Talkback Radio talks about what we don't have. TED Talks are from elite people that have done it and they're showing you how they've got what they've got and they give you the absolute processes to allow you to do that. So, you know, I'd rather listen to a 10-minute TED Talk than a 10-minute block on Talkback Radio. So there's so much information out there, isn't there? Where you, look, you look at TEDs and Audible and all those sorts of things and there's there's incredible amount of information out there, particularly in the, in the real estate space as well. I remember, you know, back in the 90s when I started real estate, it was uh, you'd really have to, you know, scavenge for information Mm. now we've got so much information but i think we got all this information flowing around um in front of us it's about how do we link that because i think when information gets linked that creates knowledge Mm. so you know it is all about choices and what we do or don't listen to and how we are on a day-to-day basis yeah i think the absolute thing about you know we're flooded with information but we're absolutely barren of implementation sometimes so we hear a really cool idea but we don't do anything with it and we talked in the first episode about this being an idea that's been top of mind for us for two years but it took us two years to get it going so i think you know for me right here right now sometimes the timing chooses the idea and the timing chooses the opportunity but i think we're 
when we're talking work-life balance, there are simple things we can do every day to set ourselves up. So I think the first thing we've got to do is we've got to identify what we want, what would a good life look like professionally and personally. And so rather than worrying about how we get there, let's just identify what we want first and foremost and why we want them. And if we know those things, I think we're in a, you know, a much better space. So these are those hot buttons. Correct. You know, so number one, why do I want a good economical lifestyle? You know, yep. Why do I want a deep, meaningful relationship? Why do I want those things? If you find enough reasons to why you want those things, you will find many more answers than you need. But if you go searching for the answers first, you really, if ever, will get the motivation to keep finding the answers because the answers tend to sometimes require a bit of a work ethic. And this gets back to that be, do, have, have, do, be I spoke of last week. Correct, yep. You know, who do you need to be today? Like you want to have a great relationship with a significant other. You want to have a great relationship with your children. You want to have a great relationship with your work colleagues. You want to have a great relationship with friends and family. So you've got to come back and say, well, who do I need to be what do I need to be? Because it's, it's it's giving before you get, yeah? Absolutely. And so you become the sort of thing you're trying to attract. There's the law of attraction. It's been documented for decades now. And I think the other thing about that too is it gives you clarity on whether you really want that. I mean, sometimes we start off thinking we want a certain thing. We get it and we go, yeah. I thought this would have made me feel a little bit different, a little bit better. So we've got to be very clear on what we're looking for. And I think routine helps us to establish a pathway between what we aspire to get, aspirationally speaking, and what we can actually achieve to a degree. So, you know, you're going to talk a little bit about routine in the time during we've got this show. But I think that routine seemingly for a lot of people goes, I hate routine because it takes away my creativity. I find routine gives me far more time for creativity because I'm able to get the big things done quicker and faster and with a bit more efficiency typically. Yeah, I think um, with routine, and I I love the Jim Rohn quote that repetition is the mother of skill because it is basically the essence of routine is basically doing something over and over again when it then creates a habit. Mm. I've been reading some interesting stuff on habits recently to the to the extent where 21 days to develop and consolidate that habit, then there's 35 days or there's 45 days or there's 60 days. <laughs> I don't know if anyone really knows how many days it is, but what I do know is it's going to be different for everyone. There's yeah. different strokes for different folks, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be what do I need to be doing on a day-to-day basis? And if you can just commit to doing that on a day-to-day basis – does it really matter if it's 14 days or 20 days or 30 days? Mm. It's just trying to do something um, consistently. Now, Jerry Seinfeld, and um, gee, we could do an episode <laughs> on Seinfeld, couldn't we? We could. But we, he, he writes a joke every single day, crosses mm. it off on the calendar, every single day writes a joke. It keeps him in flow, keeps him in the moment, just keeps him sharp yes. in terms of what he does. So we know there's certain things that you need to be doing, doing every day to develop that habit and, and create that routine. There's a great, um, a great guy that we know, Rick, uh, Phil Harris, and yep. uh, I've seen him um, put up on on slides on numerous times. He's got a thing called a daily review, which I've actually adopted as well yep. um, because it, it just basically sets out quite simply is every single day what are the things that you want to – to achieve in a day. Mm. So it might be a, a meditation session or a, um, um, a, a fitness session, a prospecting session, whatever it may be. Yep. Uh, it might be a particular day where you're dropping the kids off at school or, sure. or whatever it may be. Yep. But having that daily review I think is absolutely key because then you start to – and, gee, it's hard at the start. It is, <laughs> but it's like any new discipline. It's always hard at the beginning. We look at the mountain to climb and we go, it's like climbing Everest. Well, it's actually not the mountain to climb. It's the pebble in our shoe stopping us taking the first step. We've got to take the first step. So if we want better health, could you park your runners right by your bed so when you get out of bed your feet almost slip into them as, yeah. as opposed to ugly? 
boots or moccasins. Which um. is, uh, I actually saw a uh, an awesome gadget that's just um, that's just been released. That alarm clock where you actually have to put both feet on the mat next to your bed, which turns off your alarm. There you go. So, there you there go. You and go. so, if they're into runners, you could start walking, couldn't you? And then that could lead into a, a light jog, which could lead into running. So it's a, it's not the mountain to climb; it's the first step. So we've got to take the first step with these things, and it all starts with identifying what you're looking to achieve in that particular stuff. Also reminds me of a great great friend of ours, Rick uh, Dwayne Wallowick, and. Uh, I was looking to start running and, and, and run distances and so forth and he was someone I looked at. So another great tip, you yep. know, look at someone else's doing and sort of emulate what they do. Sure. And Dwayne I said, Pete, you know, it's pretty simple. Um, the reason I run is because it's, it's so easy. I just put some shorts on, put a singlet on, put my runners <laughs> on and I go run. I'm like yep. – yeah, good point, Dwayne. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not, it's not high tech, it's high touch, as we talked about in episode one. But I think Phil Harris, Dwayne Wallowick, two guys we know that are very outcomes focused, not activities focused, because it's very easy to tick off all the things on your to do list in a, in a given workday or even a, a weekend. Um, but you could tick everything off, feel like you haven't achieved a thing. But if you've got some key outcomes professionally, some key outcomes personally, some key outcomes that you want to achieve and you can tick them off, you normally finish the day very satisfied. And appreciate it takes time as well. I mean, we give ourselves the hardest, <laughs> the hardest time. You know, I want to. I now want to start to get up at six o'clock or five thirty or join that five a.m. club, whatever it yep. may be. So we're we're typically a seven a.m. riser, and then all of a sudden we want to change to a five a.m. riser. Mm. I mean, seriously. Yeah. You know, it's it's about small chunks. Now, I figured that you know that's the first time I actually heard that it was two fives in the day. I didn't know there was a five a.m. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. I mean, my view is is that you know if someone wanted me to see that earlier, they would have made it at about six thirty-seven. I don't know. Right. <laughs> We're all a little bit different, but you're right. You've got to find what works for you and what's in the flow for you. And I think the the number one thing, though, is we've got to dictate in our own headspace, why do we want what we're searching for? And then once we've identified those key aspirational goals, then we don't need to know how to get there. We just need to know why we want them. So the power of why, the power of the ability to come up with enough reasons, then we'll find enough answers and enough processes. Goodness, there's so many great people out there that have shared their success stories and shown how their process preceded the result. We can, we can follow those processes pretty easily. So you're creating choice. You've got you've got a choice, and you um, basically um, putting it through the sieve. All the things that are out there is saying, yes. okay, what are the things that are going to resonate with me the most? Because it's going to be different yep. for everyone. It's it's developing that routine, and it's also, uh, and as we said, it's developing that ideal week. And oh, look, I sort of at times now with when I talk to people is is, is veer away from that term yep. ideal week. It's yep. just been such a I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't. It's an interesting thing and let's look about the ideal tasks and the things that need to go into a day and and, and then start to tick those off rather um, rather than sort of an ideal week and start to look at those hot buttons as we said, so some of the things that you know, it's definitely the time you rise yep. in a more in the morning. I think is critical. Yeah, and I don't mean rise at five or rise at seven. You'll Just, know yep. when you rise and and how good you feel. Yeah, because make the most of that time um, and that you time. Mm. I think um, is critically important. That's the thing. I think I think some exercise needs to be in every day. Sure. And I think stretching needs to be a part of it. And these are just guidelines that mm. that, that that I've certainly um, live by as well. I think some meditation needs to be in there as well. And and it's, again, people giving themselves a hard time because I can't sit there and be quiet. My mind just goes crazy yes. and keeps talking. Well, that's still all part of it. It is. you know. And so what you've got to identify is those things and then start measuring them because what gets measured gets done and what gets measured can be improved. And, you know, I get the great fortune on a weekly basis to go into an elite sporting environment, Pete, and we talked about this sort of off air, but, you know, 
when I was there yesterday, the first thing I'm asked to do before I actually start what I'm there to do is to give an account of how am I tracking. So the first thing I'm asked to track is what was my previous 24 hours like? How much sleep did I get? Right. If I can't rate it above five out of 10, it's setting off alarm bells to them because they're saying, well, if you're not sleeping properly, it's either a physical issue or an emotional issue. They want to capture emotional issues at the source very early. That's really good for all of our listeners here to understand yeah. that if you're not sleeping well, it's your body's way of saying something's not going well. So that's in a sporting environment. Yep, absolutely. But we can do that in any environment yeah. realistically. You know, well, like- that's what's great. I love the, the love the crossover and, and I'm really looking forward to – I know some of the sporting people we've got lined up that are going to join us here on Voices of Value. Yes, we can't give too much away, but if you uh, – <laughs> it's very black and white in my thinking anyway, Pete, as to what that sounds like. Anyone following AFL will know exactly what that means. Prefer but, it uh, to be a bit blue and white. But anyway, let's yeah, – uh, But we want success, not-, not challenges, and so we're going to go with the <laughs> successful side of that. We just wiped out a few North Melbourne supporters there who are now just <laughs> cancelling out of this app, <laughs> cancelling out of this podcast. <laughs> So gratitude, as we've said before, is um, is a big part of, of the sort of daily stuff. I think planning um, and some other key things. You said before about TED Talks, Rick. And actually you said this to me at the start of the year, I think, about how much information and how much you're enjoying TED. Absolutely. So I fly a lot. And, you know, what I do before I fly, I'll, I'll look at the, t- the flight time and I'll download as many TED Talks that, that will fit into that. Most TED Talks people go from like, you know, a short one might be six minutes, a long one might be 20. And so if you're flying sort of an hour leg somewhere, you can get into two or three TED Talks really, really comfortably on any topic. So for those listeners who don't know what we're talking about, it's very simple, TED.com, T-E-D.com. It's the modern day library. It's the digital library, really, where you can download talks from people that are doing it, have done it, done it well. Well, not theorising, but have actually achieved it. A lot of authors, a lot of thought leaders, a lot of sports people, a lot of politicians. I'd rather fill my head with that sort of stuff and get some really great resources in to help me with my work-life balance. So you just put in the search engine what you're looking for after the top of TED, work-life balance. It'll give you the best TED Talks of all time there. Brilliant. And those who are a bit time poor as well, and I think we're all a little bit time poor at uh, from time to time, but Blinkist is another yep. is another great, great thing. One. Now, yep. it's interesting. I said to someone the other day, I said I love Blinkist. You know, he goes, "Yeah, look, you know, I, I never can't really get into it because I, it's sort of a little bit out of context for me." And I said, "Okay, it's interesting." For me, though, I love short, sharp, punchy. Yes. I'm looking for those yep. one or two key things. Yep. I think at times we want to hear a message and want to hear, you know, ten little grabs out of it. But if mm. you're only looking for those one or two key things. And a typical Blinkist um, read in the morning, you can actually do it audio as well, mm. but a typical bl- Blinkist is about 13, 14 minutes. Exactly. And you and I have sat through seminars for, that have gone for three days and nine days, one of them actually. So, you know, we can sit 40 through. 40 hour days. Yeah, no, it start at bloody 10 and finish at like 11, 12, uh, crazy. But we, so we've, we, we are seminar junkies. We are information gatherers. There's no doubt about that. But I think the time now is to say it's gone from five-day test match cricket to T20. Everyone wants the information as quick as they possibly can get get it. You know, as Matt Church says, instant coffee is not quite instant enough. So everyone wants all the information in chunks. And that's why we keep these particular shows to 20, 25 minutes, something to help you through your commute, something that helps you through your workout, something that helps you through your quiet time throughout the day to give you some inspiration, but more importantly, hopefully some implementation around some great ideas around work-life balance. And TED.com would be one of them. I think... um I think the rating system is is terrific, yeah. Rick, in terms of knowing where you're at. Yeah. Um, I think you, you've really got to have a look at your current reality and say, right, okay. And and this is that in the mirror. I remember I was at a conference once and uh, and we came back from a break and there were mirrors 
on our uh, on our desk. It's like, what the, what's this all about? <laughs> but it was basically time to have a good look at yourself. Now that might have been a little bit nineteen nineties or whatever yeah, it may yeah. be, but it's it's true though. So to, to look at your current reality and then okay, and, and your desired reality, and, and then start to map out. Yep. How am I going to get there? And, and by mapping out, it's, it's really having a look at those key things that you need to implement in the day, create that routine, make sure they're day-to-day, tick them off, and then eventually you create some incredible habits and just watch how things change. Yeah, you would love the mirror, wouldn't you? Like you, you're, you, I don't think that would have been a challenging exercise for anyone who knows Pete would know that, that wow. he's on pretty good terms with himself when he wow, looks wow, in the mirror. Wow, wow, wow. I actually want him to get a mirror that works, but that's a story for another time. But I think um, you know the the measuring the of the key outcomes is in really important, and don't overestimate what you can achieve in a month. You know, underestimate that. Probably you know that's the important. What thing. did uh, what did Les Brown say? What was his uh, quote? What, what aim was for it? the yeah, aim yeah. for the moon, and yeah, at the very right. least you land in the stars. stars. Yeah, something like that. It's <laughs> like uh, shoot for the stars and settle for the moon. And mm. I think uh, it was Michelangelo that said, "It's not that our aim is too high and we miss; it's too low and we hit." So yep. let's have some aspirational goals to sort of go a little bit better in our personal, private, professional sort of lives, and make sure that we're achieving as much as we can achieve, but not at the cost of work-life balance. So we don't. Don't want to economically make a lot of money and lose our health you know there's got to be some balance there around that so it's about identifying what is important to us why we're doing what we're doing how we're doing it and i think that's important so with all this going on rick and and all the stresses can i use that word stress sure. um isn't to the very it's interesting and and i know in coming up in a few and episodes coming up for us we're going to talk about linguistics and the words you use i feel stress is one of those words yeah. you just say the word stress and you and instantly your shoulders go up and you start to you know feel all tight in the chest Absolutely. to some extent um i think it's a really important topic to sort of touch on today in terms of you know what is stress how do we overcome this uh is there a better word that we can use? Well, I think it all starts with our thinking. If we're thinking stress, our body responds. Our body has a unique way of following physically what we've emotively thought. So if we're thinking stress, our body tightens up, our breathing becomes shallow, we grit our teeth, we have tension all through our body. If we say, hmm, opportunity, now that, that, that changes. Just one word, because words used well, I think, change our world. We can, we can be aware of that. But I think, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot where people go, we go, how are you going? And they go, oh, I'm not having a great day. Talk me through that. Yeah, well, my first appointment cancelled. What time was that? Uh, Eight o'clock this morning. And it's at midday. So you haven't had a bad day, you've had a bad moment and you're making it a bad day. I mean, that's all choice time, isn't it? It's all choice decision. So first appointment cancels, doesn't show up, you can let that affect your whole day or you can go, okay, what's the lesson here? Lesson is maybe reconfirm the night before that first appointment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great. Maybe take some learnings out of it. Experience is what you get, Pete, when you don't get the result you wanted. Mm -hmm. So you can let the experience repeat or you can learn from it. So I think you've got to be aware, 86,400 seconds in the day, someone has a bad second and they let it affect the other 86,399 seconds. It's stupid. So it's a bit like I'm reading a great book at the moment, um, Solve for Happy. Um, Mo, I think Gordat is uh, is the way um, is the way his surname's pronounced, but Solve for Happy, absolutely sensational book. It's quite a. It's, I'm, I'm listening to it via Audible actually. So what's the learnings? What's the main? Well, the big thing is, um, and and like you were talking um, just there, and he was talking about traffic. One of the big ones is talking about traffic, and you know when yep. we go, oh, the light goes red, or uh, <laughs> you're running late for an appointment, all of a sudden the traffic is particularly heavy, or all of a sudden you're entering a forty school zone and 
um, and it's you know just a minute before it finishes and mm. or whatever it it may be and uh, and we think that the whole world is conspiring yep. just for us. It no, and you actually hear yourself saying, "Oh, always happen just when I'm yep. running late or or whatever it may be." Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was just an incredible thing that to, to to make it bigger than what it is and get away from the whole world conspiring um, in your thoughts and uh, and thinking around that um, that everything in the world is lined up for that very moment, yep. that light to turn red at that <laughs> very point in time. Yeah, very, very poor thinking. So nothing thought. nothing to do with the fact that you hung out at the water cooler back at the yep. uh, back at the office having a chat about um, The Bachelor yep. or, yep. Um, or who's going to win the next room on the block. Yep. Nothing to do with that, no. but all to do with that light turning red at that time. Yeah, and that decision. And in terms of, you know, effectively, if you got up a little bit earlier, you wouldn't have been running late. There's a, it's all choice time, isn't it? It's all choice mm. management. So. so just on that, it's interesting. I, uh, I like to use the term the day before a holiday miracle. Yes. Those days when there's somewhere where you need to be or you've, you've got an important commitment in the evening, um, particularly a plane flight. Mm. For a lot of people, there's no more important commitment than yep. a plane flight that they need to make. International. What, so what <laughs> happens in that day before you know, sort of that, that day or that day when you're going on a holiday uh, the next day and everything needs to be done? Mm. What does that day actually look like? Well, what we know it looks like is we're freeing ourselves from distractions and we're focused on that almost that Pareto principle, Pete, of the AD20 rule. We're focusing in on the... 20% of things that are going to give us 80% of our results. So we don't hang out by the coffee cooler. If someone says, did you see who got voted out of the house last night? Don't care. I'm going away for two weeks tomorrow. I've got to get these things sorted out. Who are you tipping this week? I don't don't know, don't care. It's not going to change my life. What I'm trying to do at the moment is get productive, drill down and get free of the distractions, focusing on the outcomes I want. We keep on using that word, the outcomes, not activities, the outcomes, because before you go away, you can't get bogged down with activities. You've got to go straight to the outcomes that are going to give you the results you want. And I think this gets back to our very first point. It's about choice. Yeah, choice management. So everyone's talking about time management. What you and I both know is you can't manage time. You can just manage your choices within that time. So it's a choice to get up at a certain time or to sleep in and hit the snooze button. It's a choice to focus in on three or four activities or three or four outcomes. I can guarantee you, if you focus on the outcomes and get far more outcomes focused, you'll get the results you're looking for and you'll find satisfaction there with the terms of all of that. And I think the last thing about all this is routine is your friend if you want to have work-life balance. You've got to be in a Love position yeah. whereby if you are at work, get at work and get going. When you're at home, be at home. Don't mix the two. You know, wherever you are, be there. That's the best work-life balance I think I've ever heard. Yeah, look, that's that's a brilliant tip, and it's something that I've got to say that I'm I'm particularly working on. My the phone is uh, needs to be put down when you get home. Yeah, uh, needs to be put well, on. It's lucky where. I live and where we live, I should say. My wife and I, uh, we're like the Amish, so we don't get phone signals. So it's great when I'm at home, the phone can't interrupt me. And I, I found it hasn't actually really changed my life for the worse. It's actually changed it for the better. So it's sort of hits you a little bit as well uh, as of last night when you're on the couch and your daughter wants to show you something and, you, and she goes, Daddy, just put the phone down and what, look at Whoa. this. Uh, whoa. whoa. That was like Cats a... Cats in the cradle moment. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> you can the song, can't you? Wowee. <laughs> well, mate, that's been a, I hope, Anyway, some you know little nuggets there for uh, you, our listening audience. And again, like we did with the first episode, if you can give us some feedback on what you found good, now help us out with that because we are you know egocentric people, so we'd like to know that we're doing some good stuff. But more importantly, the topics, the hot topics, the hot buttons that you want pushed there you know, that we can help you with. Thanks for listening. 
We trust you enjoyed listening to Voices of Value, a shared conversation between Rick Rushton and Peter Kakos. Their views are not necessarily those of the wider world, but they should be. If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is voicesofvaluepodcast.com and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way.